Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will discuss the Fed's decision to pause rate hikes and what Powell had to say about the housing market, plus what a top real estate CEO says the housing market is overvalued at today. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Thank you to everyone that joined us last night on the cold call event for real estate agents. That's one you want to go back and rewatch if you missed it. It's on the channel under the live tab here. We did a cold call events for past clients. We've done expireds in the past and circle dialing. And this one uh, lived up to the other two for sure. And uh, if you haven't done so already, the discount code for BAMX did end yesterday, but you can still get in for a great deal sign up down below bamx we have those live streams and after parties like last night going on in the community the private facebook group as well as bam courses and we're continuing to add to those like all of the hot sheet downloads those will be going over to bamx very soon so right now you have the daily download i've got some charts charts today if you want those just click the daily download uh, but per BAMXers, we want to get those in one centralized place that lives on BAMX. And so all of our sources and daily downloads for this show will be living there. So make sure you sign up to BAMX. It's still not the discount code of yesterday, but the lowest price uh, when you look forward into the next year. Uh, you're, you're certain as more value gets in there that that value could go up. What did not go up yesterday was the federal interest rate. The Fed's decision as expected uh, to pause rates did in fact happen. Although Jerome Powell was very hawkish in his speech yesterday afternoon, he indicated that there are two more hikes coming. So back in March, the consensus that the median uh, overnight rate, the federal interest rate, was going to be 5.1% for the year. Right now, the markets have factored in 5.6%. That's above the range that we're at right now. The range right now is 5 to 5 Two five, So that would be in line with two more hikes, which is what Jerome Powell is suggesting is likely to happen. It, we, the market rather, was expecting rate cuts after we stop hiking rates. That is not the expectation after hearing Jerome Powell. Typically what will happen is they, the, the Fed will raise up to a certain rate that puts the economy into a recession and then they have to pull back and like, whoa, okay, now we've got to start cutting rates. And they start cutting. Back in March, investors uh, projected that we would be somewhere between 375 and 4, okay? So that, that this is going to start to come down by the end of the year and then end up at a median range of 5.1. Without any expectation of cutting this year, now the range uh, is closer to 5.6%. Jerome Powell said in his speech yesterday, okay, they don't think they will soon be bringing rates much lower than they are now. But with the higher projections now showing, they expect the rate range will be 4.5 to 4.75 at the end of next year. So we're going to be at these elevated federal interest rates all the way through the end of 2024, according to Jerome Powell's speech yesterday 
investors are starting to recognize that this higher for longer expectation might come true. Of course, a, a significant cooling in inflation uh, could change that. Okay. This is, um, this is going to impact everything. This will impact uh, what the 10 year does. And obviously we're following 10 year very closely for the 30 year. The shift in expectations is having an effect on long-term interest rates too. The yield on the 10-year treasury, which in theory largely reflects investors' short-term rate expectations over the next decade, has lately been pushing higher faster than the yield on the three-month treasury. If inflation does in fact keep cooling and the job market remains in good shape, there was a, just a jobs report that came out today. Uh, I'll get into that before the end of the show then that is a trend that will continue and might even lead to a point where the long-term yields are higher than short-term ones, not as usually the case when the yield curve uninverts because a recession has hit, but because one has been avoided. So just maybe, just maybe, the, the Fed is going to be able to avoid recession, which has we've been talking about, it seems like, for 18 months. It, seem, it seems like it's been baked into the cake. But maybe Jerome Powell's right. Maybe we can have this softer landing. The economy continues to be uh, relatively strong. In fact, the uh, federal interest, uh, the uh, FOMC group yesterday that made this decision, the Fed, sees a stronger economy this year in their new updated projection. Okay, so officials, oh, that is not, uh, it's not what we want to see there. Let me just change this real quick and I'll show you the chart on their new updated projection. Here we go. Uh, this should work. There it is. Okay, so the Fed sees a stronger economy this year in new projections. Officials revise up GDP, inflation, and revise down unemployment. Okay, so 2023 GDP growth, now instead of uh, being under a half a percent, they've got it up over 1% for the Fed's outlook. Unemployment rate, instead of uh, being up over 4.5%, they have it down closer to 4%, which is under 4%. And then core PCE inflation, uh, they do have uh, inflation going up. So so this is where they're talking about the rate hikes, right? They think that that inflation, where their projection was was a little bit lower than what they've just revised, um, it, you know, th they think inflation is still sticky. They don't, they don't have the data that they're looking at that would suggest inflation is cooling fast enough to get to their 2% two, two level. They haven't come off of the 2%. Jerome Powell is still talking about 2% as the, you know, not the goal, but the target that they will hit. They're, they're not going to be satisfied until they hit that target. Okay, so um, basically, we, you know, they don't like the... And I've got an update on what he's going to say at housing. We're getting to that in just a second. But they don't like what they're seeing on inflation. It's a little bit sticky. They're not confident that it continues uh, to to go down. Let's go right into what Jerome Powell did say about housing because housing does make up over a third of inflation. I think it's very important, uh, the comments that he made yesterday. So if we could go right to the man himself, Jerome Powell, and uh, this is about I don't know, 35 minutes into his speech, the first time he really had a significant, um, you know, any commentary on housing. And this is in reaction to a question from Bloomberg. So uh, take it away, Jay Powell. Hey, with Bloomberg, 
Um, have you seen sufficient cooling in the housing market to bring inflation down? For example, how does the recent rebound affect your forecast and how does it factor into monetary policy? So certainly housing, uh, very interest sensitive, and it's the first place really, or one of the first places uh, that's either held by low rates or, or uh, that is held back by, by higher rates. And we certainly saw that over the course of the last year. We now see housing putting in a bottom and maybe even moving up a little bit. Um, you know, we're watching that situation carefully. I do think uh, we, we, we will see rents, rents and, and uh, house prices filtering into, into uh, housing services inflation. And uh, I, I don't see them coming up quickly. I, I do see them coming, kind of wandering around at a relatively low level now. And uh, that's appropriate. Do you think you'll have to target that with further rate increases? Well, All right, so I think we, we look at everything. The big takeaway here is, and and he, he's not going to answer that question. Uh, he'll dance around that. But the big question, uh, the big takeaway from Jerome Powell on housing would be that we've seen the bottom on housing. Okay, uh, housing is certainly very interest rate sensitive. So what's what's defied a lot of real estate forecasters is how robust housing prices have reacted to this interest rate hike, this, this unprecedented rate hike on the 30-year fixed. And typically, it's one of the first places that's either helped by low rates or held back by higher rates. Now, we've seen places like Austin and other places where you did have double-digit declines in home values. But across the country, most markets didn't see a double-digit decline, okay? We now, Jerome Powell says we certainly saw that over the course of the last year. Now, we saw transactions drop. We saw transactions plummet from last year to this year. But we didn't see home prices plummet like some would predict based off of um, the ratcheting up of the 30-year fixed. But Jerome Powell, the big takeaway here is, is this quote, we now see a housing, we now see housing putting in a bottom, Okay. And maybe moving up a bit. Well, Jerome, it's not maybe. It is moving up a bit. Case Shiller, the gold standard, obviously has reported this. Uh, amongst many others, Zillow and you know Redfin and Black Knight are reporting that not only uh, is, has housing hit the bottom, but home prices rose in February and March. Zillow says that's the case in April. We're seeing early signs without all of the data completed that that's the case in May. When Case Shiller comes out with their... April, which their data is just so it takes so long to get Case Shiller, but people do reference that as the uh, the gold standard. The expectation is that April is going to be up. So it it not only looks like the bottom has happened, but that prices are going up. Now you can go back and listen to a past stream uh, over the past week, where there's some expectation that okay, quarter four we could have another recorrection like we did have uh, last quarter four, but we're getting the gains now to be able to take that, to be able, if there is a, a home price correction in quarter four of this year, we'll be able to sustain that because we're gaining here uh, during this spring market. So Powell didn't specify if he thought U.S. housing market activity um, had definitely bottomed or if he meant U.S. home prices has bottomed, you know, whether it's the home prices or the activity, which one was he mentioning have bottomed? Uh but that being said, both have uh, seen improvement this spring following last year's um, corrections. Okay, so it was very sharp 
in the West. Uh, the West continues to be lagging behind the rest of the country. And we'll continue to see what happens here. Okay, so that leads me to, but actually, let's go to FOMC uh, commentary from Mortgage Banker Association. So what did they, what did uh, Mike Frattantoni from Mortgage Banker Association feel about um, Jerome Powell's comments? And then we'll shift over to a bombshell projection about housing prices and uh, the belief that they are overvalued. Okay, so inflation is coming down, but slowly. Multiple indicators suggest the economy here and abroad will slow significantly in the near term. This is Mike Frattantoni from Mortgage Banker Association, senior vice president. But the job market continues to appear resilient in the most recent data. Uh, with this muddled picture, it is not surprising that the FOMC held rates steady at its June meeting but kept their options open for June and later this year. Nevertheless, we expect that the Fed is at the top of its rate hiking cycle. The new set of economic projections uh, shows that the median FOMC member expects two additional rate hikes by the end of 2023. Unfortunately, this only adds to the chances that the economy will slow sharply. Okay, so th there's belief from MBA and others that if they go forward with these two hikes, we will see an economy that slows uh, very sharply. Now, the Fed is saying their projections don't show that. They're they're showing a strong economy. They're, they've revised GDP up. They've revised, um, you know, that the job market's going to continue to be stronger based off of the previous projections. Uh, but but the outlook here from Mortgage Banker Association is if they go ahead with those two rate hikes, you're going to see an economy slow sharply. Now, typically when that happens, you go into recession and then they have to start cutting. The Fed is saying they're not going to cut rates again until the end of next year or sometime in 2024. Given the banking challenges that have already resulted in a tight credit environment, uh, the threat of further hikes baked into a medium term rate today will only further slow economic activity. We expect that economic uh, conditions will develop in a such way that further rate hikes are not needed. Uh, but this new information impacts markets immediately. And of course, they don't make the decision. MBA doesn't make the decision on whether rate hikes are needed or not. Mortgage rates have generally increased in the past month and has slowed the pace of housing market activity as uh, potential home buyers have been very sensitive to any changes uh, this year. We expect mortgage rates will drift down over the second half of the year as the economy slows and the Fed reacts accordingly by holding off uh, further rate hikes. Now, Housing Wire reported this morning that they expect the 30-year fix to move sideways over the next couple of months. So leading into the next uh, you know, meeting here for the FOMC, which is July 25th and the 26th, they expect the 30-year to move sideways, which means more 6.9, which means potentially touching seven again, which means maybe a 6.75. Moving sideways is high sixes, if that comes true. And there is indications that that uh, is, is going to be the case, okay? So you've got MBA's... Um, Thoughts on what Jerome Powell, Mortgage Banker Association, Jerome Powell's decision was. Jerome Powell, again, uh, says that we've likely seen a housing bottom and it's potentially even going up. That would definitely be prices. We see that prices are going up. Uh, Powell also said you you probably won't see a quick snap of the finger fingers meltdown of commercial real estate, that it's going to take a little bit of, you know, a little longer time period, but that he does expect, uh, you know, a significant decline in commercial real estate. Those were amongst his comments as it related to 
real estate. Okay, now let's take a look at this incredible report here this week. A top real estate CEO and an AI whiz, according to Fortune. Uh, this is Sean Tully who wrote this piece. Shares data showing America's housing market is significantly overvalued. Uh, the headline number may shock you. Okay, so that's the headline there. Let's dig into this and what this means. There's a lot here. Um, and, and there's also at the end of this piece, I'm going to touch on what they what the CEO says about mortgage rates that should help the affordability for the home shoppers. Okay, so let's first start with how overvalued is the housing market? Uh, so based on the traditional measures, the sheetrock and framing basics that normally determine real estate's worth, the U.S. housing market is overvalued by 40%. Okay, so this is Sean Dobson, founder and CEO of property powerhouse Amherst. Okay, so uh, he offers the best combination, according to Fortune, of on-the-ground proprietary data gleaned largely from his own business. Okay, so Amherst manages $16.8 in capital for investors and ranks among uh, America's largest owner of single-family homes for rent. So they oversee a portfolio of roughly 44,000 residences across 32 metros in 19 states. Remember, we reported Starwood Capital yesterday on here uh, is going to be selling off 2,000 single-family homes. That's only out of 3,300 single-family homes. They've got 44,000 uh, residences. Now, Starwood does have 125,000 doors. They're mostly in, mostly in the larger uh, you know, rental, multifamily rental game. But but this one here, certainly big time on single family homes for rent, 44,000 of them uh, is controlled by Amherst. So Dobson is a pioneer in deploying AI to uh, automate the appraisals and purchases of houses in those uh, sweet spot venues and innovation that uh, he explores in his 2019 story. Okay, so he also runs a mortgage-backed securities trading operation in connection with Amherst MBS fund and separately managed accounts. During the 2005 to 2007 housing bubble, Dobson took huge short positions in risky all-A home loans when the market imploded and generated $10 billion in gains for his investors. So this, this is somebody who's been through the last one, uh, has 44,000 doors, and has proprietary data that we should be paying attention to. Okay, so um, now when we talked about overvalue, undervalued last time, a different model, this is about a week or two ago, you can go back and listen to uh, past hot sheets to get this. We made the point that, okay, they're saying Tampa Bay is overvalued, but San Jose is, is undervalued. Well, it doesn't mean that Tampa Bay is going to drop in prices. You could stay overvalued for a long period of time. If people keep coming in, voting with their feet into Tampa Bay, then yeah, that overvalue uh, could last for years. So it's crucial to note that Dobson's take on prices are excessively elevated. doesn't mean they, they need to collapse going forward. So he, he's making that clear. They did in the aftermath of the great financial crisis, doesn't believe that while they're overvalued now, that they absolutely need to plummet. He cites a number of positive countervailing forces that should greatly cushion the adjustment to come. He does believe there's an adjustment coming, but there, there are cushioning impacts for that adjustment. All right, so he told Fortune, we don't know how 
that prices are highly inflated right now by historical standards. Okay. So he's even baffled. It's like, okay, prices remain high when historically, when this happens, interest rates go up this much, they should be lower. I mean, one obvious to me is that 42% of homeowners don't have a mortgage. I mean, that's one obvious. And then we've got, like we said yesterday, 98% of homeowners have a below market interest rate. So they're not feeling the housing inflation. Uh, I think the homeowner today in comparison to 2007 is a lot more wealthy. You have a lot of baby boomers that have since retired since 2007 who have sold one home, maybe bought in, in a Sunbelt state, a more affordable uh, you know, community and own the home cash and like, I don't care what happens. I'm living the next 20, 25, 35 years of my life, you know, debt free. And I don't care what happens out there in the crazy world of interest rates. It doesn't impact me. And, and so that's obviously helped single family home values. So the estimate also of 40% being overvalued doesn't apply to the entire uh, U.S., but there are nearly three dozen cities where Amherst purchases and leases single family houses. It's a portfolio that features heavy concentration in Sunbelt cities, includes Tampa, Atlanta, Charlotte, Dallas, Phoenix, as well as affordable Midwest, Midwest uh, places like uh, Louisville, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. Uh, they don't cover New York, LA, and San Francisco, but still believe it's a proxy for the overall national market. Uh, they do not believe we're even close to 2009 to 2010. Uh, but when this price condition occurs, the world is a dangerous place. So this price condition that Amherst is talking about uh, is this here that you can see on your screen or you can grab below in the daily download, this home price index growth. Okay, so fundamental value you can see is sitting well below current prices. That's been the case now since 2020 up until today. Now that line was reversed. You know, you had fundamental value being above current prices, if basically from two, according to their analysis, from 2008 until 2020. The only other time you see it uh, reversed is during the great financial crisis. This is a significant, more significant gap than the great financial crisis. The uh, difference between current prices and fundamental value right now sits at 40%. Now they're projecting that into 2025, this will will drop down this overvaluing will drop down and get closer to 10% as we head into 2025. Now the 30 year fixed rate, and I'm going to touch on that in a second is one of those factors that should help make, um, this affordability, uh, you know, a real thing that the 30 year fixed, while it's going to be sideways over the next couple months, all expectations and billions and billions of dollars are projecting that this 30-year fix long-term is going to come back down. There, there's there's not really any indications that this is going to go to 8 9 10% and sit there, right? So the, the long-term two-year projection here is that the 30-year the fix is going to go down. I would imagine as the 30-year comes down, it's going to follow this line here uh, on the right, okay, that we see with, with um, affordability that Amherst is projecting. This, this line right here is probably to follow the 30-year fixed. And uh, of course, we did have a sharp decline going back into history. We, we reached up over 30% during the great financial crisis of being overvalued. 
the economy melted down at this at this point and you see a sharp decline they don't have as sharp of a decline over here during their projection for uh this time getting back to um fundamental value as they call it housing market activity of course uh, has been skewed because of the low inventory. And this is one of the things that have kept prices up as well as all of the own owners that have uh, no mortgage on their property or a below rate mortgage. Uh, total for sale active listings in the US as of April of each year. You can see that in 2019 and really 2020, we were at half a million or above. And today we sit at 323,000, which is in line. This is inventory across all Amherst markets. Okay. So this is sourced by the Amherst group. Of course, every Monday here on the hot sheet, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of these. We go through inventory week over week over week. So every Monday uh, we do a full macro inventory analysis. But according to Amherst data, we are in line with 2022, which of course was the all time low for inventory. So that makes sense. That's also going to keep uh, prices up when you when you still have demand and you don't have, uh, you know, prices that are, or you don't have the inventory to sell. Now, one thing I do want to point out that I think is, is interesting where we could start to catch up on this affordability um, is that if prices, you know, I don't think prices have to plummet. If prices just don't move, I mean, looking back to this chart, I've shared a whole bunch of times, right? In the 2000s, the great financial crisis, everybody talks about that 40% drop in home values. Well, back then, homes went up over 80%. If you were in real estate, you remember this. Let me know in the comments, were you, were you working real estate in the early 2000s? A lot of people just know the 40% decline and not enough are explaining, yeah, but home values went up over 80%. If you owned a home in 2001 and you were the typical homeowner that stays in their home 10 to 12 years and you just rode the thing out even to 2010 nine years later you were still up over 40 percent in the 2000s home values went up over 40 percent in the 2010s they went up over 40 percent in the 90s they went up over 30 percent well in the 2020s we're already up at 40 percent so we may just see some years ahead where home values are basically flat and you could have home values remain flat. Uh, we could get through this, you know, what we're dealing with with the Fed right now and inflation and, you know, uncertainty in the economy. And you could come to an end of a decade uh, in the in the 2020s where you're just up 40, 45 percent. I would say 40 to 45 percent would, would be basically, you know, what we would expect based off of the 2000s and 2010s. And then you could have affordability catch up over those years, this affordability that Amherst is talking about. Just, just having a more normalized market and time, and, and I don't anticipate the 42% of homeowners uh, that have you know owned their home cash doing any type of fire sale. So I could see a market that kind of just chugs along, that kind of lags along as it relates to home prices. I'm in the camp that in quarter four, we're going to have another home price correction. You know, I think when you look at month over month prices, quarter four of this year, I would expect home prices to correct slightly. Okay. I, I don't expect them to continue to go up month over month all year. I expect generally speaking, 2004, 2025, home prices on a year over year basis 
to go up. You could even see them go up this year on a year-over-year basis. But I, I don't expect to see the gains that we've seen over the last couple of years. So after the last crash, the market um, entered a golden age of rationality and calm. I mean, we, we, we don't have to have this big crash, but what I'm talking about is we could see this calming. Actual prices and fair value rose in parallel on a gradual upward path for the entire period of early 2009 to the start of 2021. That's in that, that chart that I showed you, and it's, and it's down below. But in that span of gradual calm, 12 years, uh, prices still rose about 75%. All right. So that was a, a perfectly explainable by changes in interest rates, income, and demographics. And that's what I'm talking about. You, you could see if, you know, this um, overvalue, undervalue debate just catch up and correct itself. The boom starting in the opening months of 2021 obviously drove prices um, extremely high. And that's where you're seeing this, this chart from Amherst kind of uh, flip on its head. Now, Current state of the housing market, according to Amherst. This is where it gets interesting. Given that the models today's prices are at almost 40% above housing fundamentals value, uh, Dobson is astounded that we've seen few declines in his markets that he's modeling. Okay, Keeping in mind that Amherst invests not in the likes of San Jose or LA uh, that have fallen sharply, but in Sunbelt cities that remain relatively affordable, but they just haven't seen these declines. Okay. Likewise, every economist in the world would have told you that if you increase rates this quickly, prices are going to fall significantly. And they did not. So that's the mystery. How long can this condition persist? So fortunately for, for everybody here and for, and for homeowners, Dobson sees fundamentals swinging back in their favor. Hence the huge fall, uh, the model found plausible that didn't occur doesn't have to happen. Okay. So the big tailwind here is a decline in rates. Now we're, we're not talking about the federal interest rate that we, we started the show with when we updated Jerome Powell at the beginning of, of the stream here, you know, we don't anticipate the federal interest rate to drop down before the end of 2024, according to his speech, anything can change, but the model has fair value climbing back mainly because the yield curve is inverted. That implies that the mortgage rates are going to come down a lot. Okay. For example, treasuries maturing in 10 years carry a yield of 3.7. That's where we've seen them basically all of the last few weeks. We're actually up a tick today. We'll, we'll review that right before we bounce off. But the, the rates are at 3.7. 1.7 points below the number for six-month bills. Since mortgages are typically priced at 1.2 points over the 10-year. We talked about this. We talked about it on Knowledge Brokers podcast with, with George Ratu, chief economist, right? That the, the, the gap between the 10-year and the 30-year is abnormal. Okay, so this implies that lo uh, home loan rates should drop in the next couple of years to around 5%, well below today's figure of 6.9%. Here's the quote from Dobson that I want everybody to, to internalize. People are putting hundreds of billions at risk betting that rates are going down and they're probably right. So there are investors out there putting hundreds and hundreds of billions at risk uh, that these rates are going down, that the 30-year fixed is going to go down, that the 10-year is going to go down, that this, this gap is going to uh, loosen. He adds that the de decline in carrying costs should go a long way towards bridging the great divide between prices and and home fair 
value. Okay, so uh, ultimately speaking, the longer we have patience in this market, uh, the more we should see uh, a housing market kind of, you know, loosen up and affordability kind of correct itself to some degree. I do believe what else could help affordability is inventory that, you know, right now it's like, oh, I can't see where the inventory is coming. Well, you've got single family home and and, and Amherst would be in that group. They've slowed down significantly. You've got now Stern, Starwood Capital. We said this yesterday. They're selling 2,000 homes, not at a de-stress sale because they don't like the future of rental prices. I've been saying this a lot. Rental prices are going to come down. There's an influx of inventory on the multifamily market that's coming and rent prices are going to come down. So the, these groups that have bought large single family homes are stopping because they see that they don't see rent prices continuing to accelerate. They also are, are selling off some of these properties. So you can see some of these properties come back onto the market. You do have 750,000 homes that are being built right now. You have a, a whole bunch of inventory on the apartment, the multifamily uh, apartments coming onto the market. And I think two things will absolutely be true by the end of this year. Rent prices are going to be coming down and that going into next spring, we will have more inventory than we do today. Okay. So if rent prices are coming down and we have more inventory and we have a 30 year fixed that is coming down, affordability in the future is going to be better today. And that's better for home shoppers and for the overall health of the home market. Let's take a look at where we are on the 10-year right now. And this is good news. Before we I started the stream, we were popping up over 3.8. And right now, we've come down uh, 0.06. So we're down to 3.732 in just the span of this stream. That's good. We've seen the 10-year pop up after Jerome Powell's speech for like 24 hours, 48 hours. And then for the weeks afterwards, it's come down. The market's a little confused because they didn't expect him to say def you know, with a hawkish tone that there's two weeks of uh, or two more rate hikes coming. So we'll have to see in the weeks ahead what the 10 year does. Um, you know, the, I, I do think investors are a little confused on what their next move should be. Ultimately, the 30 year fix. And again, Housing Wire reported today that they believe this is going to move sideways over the next two months. The 30 year fix is at 697. That means we're going to be dealing with 30 to 60 days of similar reports on the 30 year if housing wire economists are correct that this is going to move sideways. Ultimately, we're going to get back to 5%. It just might be longer than any of us hope or anticipate on that measure. Okay. Uh, again, thank you for those that tuned in last night. If you missed that and you want to check out the live stream we did after or any of that, make sure you sign up for BAMX. We've got a link below. I can promise you just like with inflation, today's prices, uh, despite not having the discount code anymore, are still going to be the lowest when you look back in a year from now. We're adding a ton of content to BAMX. There's so many courses on there already that you can grab, and certainly the live streams in the private Facebook community. So love to see you in BAMX. Uh, consider sharing this show with somebody who wants a 24-hour look back on housing. And I will see you guys all back here tomorrow as we finish out the week. Until then, have a great Thursday and toodaloo.